0: Lord, we're so thankful for the opportunity to uh, just look into your word again and to say, God, just open our hearts and minds as we look into the word of God and illuminate us, Lord, so that we can be able to see the principles and to see what you're trying to tell us at this very special time. We ask you, Lord, to touch uh, those that may be sick, those that are hurting in their bodies. We pray for those that may be traveling on the highways. We ask you, Lord, that you would continue to heal our land and we'll give you praise for all things in jesus name amen we know from scripture that uh, the voice of god can come to us in different ways and i want to talk to you about that tonight i want to talk to you on the subject of a certain voice in uncertain times a certain voice in uncertain times The most absolute way that I believe the Lord speaks to us is through the Word of God. John says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we know that the Word of God is the voice of God, and it is the essence of God. There is no separation. There is no a bifurcation of who God is and what God says it is all a part of the essence and the nature of the one true God there is no other voice there is no other impression there is no other inclination that will ever supersede the word of God i have a friend who i respect very much sent me a, a video message Uh, this week, of a pastor in the state of Kentucky that had had three dreams. He tells about the first dream that he had uh, months ago, and of course it was um, things that had already happened the first part of this year, as we can relate to with the coronavirus. And then this pastor in Kentucky, in this video, he shares two more dreams that he's had, and those are things that are yet to come. And of course, we know that hindsight uh, is 20 and it's not outside of the realm of possibility to tell about the dream that you have had after the fact, and that would then give credibility to the stuff that you believe will happen in the future. Now, I don't know if that was the case with this man or not. Uh, I'm sure that he's a very uh, sincere uh, individual, and uh, I certainly do not want to impugn his character. But I'm not convinced about someone having a dream, and that dream being from God, when it does not square with the Word of God. I believe that uh, God can speak to us through dreams, and I believe God can speak to us through visions, and I believe even in the audible voice of God. But I believe all of those things have to be in agreement with the word of god the most absolute voice of god is the word of god and the word of god comes to us in written form and it comes to us in a way that you and i can hold on to it and know that we have a certain voice in uncertain times i told my friend after watching the video and he wanted uh, my opinion of it i said i think the word of god is the only guarantee that we have about the end time the word of god is not date specific in fact it warns about men putting dates on prophetic events so i don't think that a person's dream would supersede the word of god that being said i do agree that we are in the end times and all of these events that we see happening around us they all shape up to remind us to remind each of us as the church that jesus is coming and i'm so thankful that we know that but we can know that through the word of god and and certainly the lord can in, impress us with things that are happening that would cause us to be even more alert to look up to that eastern sky for our redemption draweth nigh but i would be cautious about putting more weight on any private interpretation or any private dream than we would the word of god i saw on youtube that this particular video Uh, Has already had more than a million views. And I thought to myself, I wonder if we've had that many views of the Word of God over the last couple of days. I certainly hope that we have. But ladies and gentlemen, you'll never be able to supersede the Word of God when it comes to hearing the voice of God. The voice of God will always be in agreement with the Word of God. And all of this lets us know that we can look to the Word of God to find answers about what all of these events mean and and what the future holds and what we're facing. And so we wanna look to the Word of God tonight and we want to keep in mind that the Word of God is where we get our absolute authority. Now I believe that the Lord speaks in uncertain times, but He speaks in harmony with His Word. And tonight I would like to look at three ways that the Lord speaks in uncertain times. Three ways that the Lord speaks in uncertain times. First of all, he speaks before the storm. Secondly, he speaks during the storm. And finally, he speaks after the storm. So before, during, and after and in each one of those cases, it's with a specific purpose. Now the voice before the storm is always for the purpose of preparation. The voice before the storm is always for the purpose of preparation. He wants to prepare his people. We see this throughout all the Old Testament, but especially in the book of Isaiah, as the Lord tries to prepare the people of Israel for the coming Messiah. If you have your Bibles, let's read some verses together as we look to the Word of God. We'll start in Isaiah chapter 52, and we begin reading in verse 1, reading through verse 15. Isaiah 52 and verse 1. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, Ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, My people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, What have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth, thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, For the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm. In the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth. Shall see the salvation of our God. Depart ye. Depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. For ye shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight, for the Lord will go before you. And the God of Israel will be your re-reward. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled, and be very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. You can tell here he's beginning now to Prophesy about Jesus the Messiah, that indeed he would be marred, that there would be uh this persecution, this um execution, as we would know, would come about in the form of Calvary in the hill of Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified. but this prophecy is going forth to to prepare the people of Israel, and it's to prepare them by them getting their lives straight, by getting their lives right, by walking according. Uh, to the precepts and the principles of God's word and to cleanse themselves he goes on and says so shall he sprinkle many nations this is the prophecy of their messiah the king shall shut their mouths at him for that which had not been told them shall they see and that which they had not heard shall they consider you can see throughout all of these verses that the prophet isaiah the bible talks about holy men of god were moved on by the holy ghost and they spoke and they wrote it was in agreement with the divine direction of heaven that god would speak to his people and he spoke to them and gave them very specific information about the coming messiah but he also told them that they had to get themselves ready for it it was to prepare them let's read also in isaiah chapter 53 and let's begin in verse one who hath believed i report and to whom is the arm of the lord revealed this declaration is referred to in romans chapter 10 and also uh, in the gospels for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground he hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him this continues with The same theme of telling them what it was going to be like when their Messiah would come because they wanted someone to come that would deliver them, that would be lifted up like a king and all the other nations would acknowledge. But now the prophecy is coming forth that, yes, the Messiah is coming, but not as you intended. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because... He had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Here are the the word that's going forth before the Messiah was to come, before the storm of the crucifixion. He is telling them specifics, how that he would make his grave with the wicked. We know that. He hung between a thief and a robber and a a murderer. We understand that on, on the hill Golgotha. And then yet he was put into the tomb of a rich man. It's very specific in the Gospels that this prophecy of Isaiah was directed at Jesus. But even before that, we see that he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. It goes on, Isaiah goes on to say, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. this is a a voice, a certain voice during uncertain times that indeed, though Israel had been uh, led into captivity, though Israel had suffered much persecution, there was a Messiah that was coming, and when this Messiah came, this Messiah was going to be uh, not in the physical sense. A reigning monarch but he was going to uh, suffer and that they would turn their faces from him there was a a preparation uh, even telling Israel what their response would be there was a sense of preparation so that they would see it and know it ladies and gentlemen I don't think it's by accident that when they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls and the the caves of quorum over there not far from the Dead Sea in Israel I think it was back in the 40s when they discovered these Dead Sea Scrolls. They found the actual written word of God that we get our King James Version from. And so when they found these scrolls that had been uh, written by essence, a group uh, of uh, individuals that would take numerous baths a day and they dressed in white and they and they took it very serious but they transcribed the word of god and they they found some of their writings and scrolls and in these uh, clay vessels and and in the these caves out in the desert and and these shepherds uh, boys were throwing rocks into a cave and they heard something break and made their way into there and it was a one of the most fascinating uh discoveries of the 20th century the dead sea scrolls and and when they found these dead sea scrolls they found the majority of what they found was the book of Isaiah. I've been there and seen the actual scrolls. They have it all out. Of course, it's in very dim light so that you know the light doesn't cause the, the, the parchment, the material, to uh, deteriorate any more rapidly than absolutely necessary. So it's very low light. You hit a little light and you begin you begin to see it. And our guide told us he said this is ninety nine point nine percent accurate with what you read in the King James version. It's almost the entire book of Isaiah. So here we are in the 21st century, and once again, the prophecy of this Messiah that would come is given to the Jewish nation again. I don't believe that's by accident. I believe that's the Lord saying, just as he came the first time and you missed him, he's going to come again. And there's a whole bunch of people that gather down there on that western wall called the Wailing Wall. And they pray and they're looking for their Messiah to come. Oh, I'm thankful that I know that Jesus is coming again. Just like he came the first time, he's going to come again. Hallelujah. And just as there was a voice to prepare the nation of Israel, there is the word of God to prepare us now for the soon return. We can read it in the word of God. It's not just in Isaiah. I mentioned earlier that the gospels confirm it as well. Let's look in the book of John, chapter 12. And let's begin our reading in verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, this referring, of course, to Jesus, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah, Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled. Do you notice how everything ties together? The word of God, prophecies, they all tie together. Everything that happens, it ties back to the word of God. Even now, as they refer to the ministry and the miracles in the life of Jesus, they talk about it in terms of the saying or the voice of Isaiah that prepared them. That the saying of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because that, Isaiah said again he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless among the chief rulers also many believed on him but because Of the Pharisees they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue you know what's happening here is John a close disciple of Jesus is saying the word was given through the prophet Isaiah but they would not believe what was in the book instead they were concerned about contemporary voices Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the same situation today. In 2020, we've got the word of God to tell us what's going to happen. But instead, we can get caught up with contemporary voices. I say to you, tonight, we need to lift up our head. We need to lift up our eyes. And we need to look up to that eastern sky because our redemption draweth nigh. And the Lord is coming back. But if you want to know what you need to do to get ready... For the return of Jesus, you need to get to the Word of God. Hallelujah. It's not going to be somebody having a dream to tell you what you got to do to be saved. It's already given to us. You've got to repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what it's taken to be saved for over 2,000 years, and that's what it takes today to be saved. The Bible says through the writings of John, that they would not hear the voice. It was a certain voice in uncertain times. But instead, they feared what the consequences would be. They feared that they would be put out of the synagogue because of the Pharisees. goes on to say, For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Oh, ladies and gentlemen... That's the inclination of this age as well. We have to examine our own hearts and minds and see what it is that we really love. Do we love the praise of men or do we want the praise of God? Paul said, even so do I speak, not as pleasing men, but pleasing God, which trieth my heart. Oh, we've got to make up in our minds, Lord, I want to please you. Lord, I'm going to believe your report. I'm not so concerned about what other people think. I'm not so concerned about what's popular or what's not popular or what's in or what's not in or what the voices of this day are saying. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the voices of this day may not be a certain voice. Indeed, we are in uncertain times, but we also have many uncertain voices. I don't know about you, but I need a certain voice in uncertain times. And that certain voice is going to come from the Word of God, and it's going to come from the voice of God, and it's going to tell us what we must do to be saved and to be ready. I think we ought to lift our hands right now if you're sitting in your living room maybe on a couch, maybe in your car wherever you're at, would you lift your hands and your voices right now and would you say, Lord, uh, we want to please you, Uh, we want your anointing, we want your voice Uh, we want your word in our life Uh, let us not become captive uh, to our culture, Uh, let us not become slaves uh, to the mentality uh, of our popular culture but let us look to the word of God Uh, let us hunger for the things." Of God, and we're asking you, Lord, that you would speak, speak in the midst of our families, speak in the midst of our church. Let it be a certain voice, an absolute voice in the midst of a time of uncertainty. The application of Isaiah's message is why the Jews did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Some did not believe because it was not popular some because it was not pleasing to the eye some because it was not convenient or current in their minds but all through the old testament especially in the prophets there is a word given about the coming messiah there was a voice they had been given a word before the storm in fact all Throughout scripture, there is a voice before the storm, and it's always a voice of preparation. Noah was that voice before the storm, and it was a voice of preparation. Before the storm came, before the flood came, you had Noah preaching the truth for 120 years. It was a voice of preparation. Noah went out there and preached, and they made fun of him, and they mocked him, but he preached on anyhow because God is always going to have a voice before the storm. Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a storm coming. There was judgment coming on those two cities, but there was also that heavenly visitation. There was the word, and there was the voice, and here we are. God's getting ready to come back for his church, I believe, with all of my heart, But there's been a voice for more than 2,000 years. Prepare ye the way. Get ready. And I believe we're closer now than we've ever been before. As Bishop Myers always says, there's not any other significant event that has to happen in prophecy before the Lord comes. He could come right now. And we've got to be ready. And we've had a voice. We've had an awakening. We have had a shakening. There is a process that God always follows. And it's that he gives us a voice to prepare. Even throughout all the captivities of Israel, there were prophets that were warning and preparing. Even before Israel went into Egypt, there was the voice of Joseph. There was always a theme of preparation, and many times it was a voice of reassurance. But the voice of God will always be in agreement with the word of God. I remember uh, more than 30 years ago when I was uh, young minister a young preacher there was a book that came out that was called 88 reasons why the lord will come in 1988 and everybody got this book and was reading it wasn't a real thick book but everybody had this book 88 reasons why the lord will come in 1988 and when you read it boy it really did make you feel like that 88 1988 Would be the year that the lord would come everything just made sense and this book Gave us 88 reasons. Everybody started preaching From the book. I mean everybody was preaching from the book 88 reasons why the lord would come in 88 We were preaching more from that book than we were the bible But the bible says that no man Knows the day or the hour As my father used to always say when somebody points to a specific date the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. So that's one date you can just check off and know that that's not when the Lord's <laughs> going to come. <laughs> because no man knows the day or the hour. That didn't stop everybody from getting excited about 88 reasons why the Lord would come in 88. And you say, well, pastor, isn't that a good thing? People examine their lives. People got ready. Here's the problem with that. After 88 rolls around, the Lord doesn't come. And we go into 1989. What does that do? It causes people to lose faith. That the Lord's coming back. That's why you can't get caught up in all these things. You gotta look up, you gotta prepare every day. You can't live your life based upon some immediate satisfaction of a certain date. You gotta say, Lord, I've gotta be ready every day. I gotta live my life like this could be the day that Jesus would come. He may come in 2020, he may not. He may come in 2021, he may not. But we gonna serve God anyhow, hallelujah. Cause the Bible said, occupy until he comes. So don't fall for the temptation. Don't take the bait of some kind of a immediate date. Because if it doesn't happen, It'll be a trick of the enemy to try to steal our faith from the fact that Jesus is coming back. No, you've got to just step back and say, Lord, you've already given us a word. You've already spoken to us. And the word of God says we've got to prepare. Hallelujah. So every day I've got to prepare and I've got to put my faith more in the word of God than in anything else. Because ladies and gentlemen, that is the certain voice in uncertain times. And it is the scripture that prepares us to be right and to be ready. The next is the voice during the storm. And if the voice before the storm is to prepare us, then the voice during the storm is a voice of peace. Let's look to Mark chapter 4 and begin our reading in verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as it was in the ship. And there were also many other little ships. So these are ships moving across what we know as the Sea of Galilee. It was coming toward evening time. And then as they got out there, there arose a great storm, a storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. There are these uh, tall mountains that that skirt around portions of the Sea of Galilee, and storms can come very rapidly uh, off those mountains and down into there, creating uh, great winds and waves and storms. And so it began to beat into the ship so that it was now full. So the the waves and the water is coming into the ship and, and it appears that the ship could sink. And he, referring to Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, more back in the stern, asleep on a pillow. So he's back in the back part of the ship, perhaps down and asleep on a pillow. And they awake him. And they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They were in the midst of a storm and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea peace be still now ladies and gentlemen the voice during the storm is a voice of peace if you are not hearing the voice of peace in the midst of the storm you're not hearing from god the voice in the midst of the storm is one of peace and assurance. The enemy tries to control with fear and intimidation. But that's not the voice of God during a storm. I feel the Holy Ghost saying that. That's not the voice of God in the midst of the storm. The enemy speaks during the storm through your senses and your emotions and through circumstances. He speaks in the natural realm. He makes you doubt the original word. I remember just a few uh, days ago talking to uh, my good friend, Brother Steve Gailey, who has been a part of our church for almost 40 years as a member of our board and a couple of weeks ago was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor and uh, they did a biopsy on him and I talked to him. Uh, shortly uh, after that, as they tried to determine what the future treatments and what they would do to, to be able to try to help him with this brain tumor. And I remember uh, talking with Brother uh, Steve Gailey on the phone, and he said, Pastor, he said, I appreciate you you know, trying to be down here and trying to come into the hospital and all, but you know, they, with all this coronavirus, they they wouldn't let us in. I was I was just sitting on the bench on the outside of there, the hospital, and praying for him. He said, "You're busy. You can pray anywhere. You don't have to be down here to pray." And I said, "I know. I just just want to be here for you and Judy." And so we got to talking, and he said, "I don't know how to explain this. Just to tell you that I have total peace." He said, "I don't know yet. You know how much longer I have. I don't know." how fast this tumor is moving, I don't know if it's malignant or benign, but he said all I can tell you is that your prayers are working because I have total peace, I have put it in the hands of God and I'm not even stressed about it, he said the doctors are amazed. Now ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you that that does not come from your flesh. When all of a sudden you get a report like that from a doctor, peace is not something that we produce in the natural peace comes from above it is the voice of god that reassures us that god says i'm going to be with you it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a storm it just means that you're not going to go through the storm by yourself Oh, I want to preach to somebody right now. I don't know what storm you may be in, but I've come to tell you that God is wanting to go with you through the storm. And he's wanting to remind you of the original word. The original word that he gave his disciples when they got on that boat was that we're going to the other side. He didn't say the storms wouldn't come. He didn't say the wind wouldn't blow. He didn't say the waves wouldn't splash up against the boat and the boat start to fill up with water. But he said, we're going to the other side. I've come to tell somebody, the Lord wants to remind you of the original word. He wants to remind you of a certain voice in uncertain times. And that is, don't be distracted by the waves. Don't be distracted by the reports of the current situation that you're facing. I want you to know that God said I'm gonna bring you through it. He's gonna bring you through it He's gonna give you comfort. He's gonna give you peace and he's gonna reassure you that everything is gonna be all right You may not have an angel come and stand at the foot of your bed with a neon sign But I can promise you that it is a voice from the Lord that in the midst of bad news There is peace. There is comfort. Another way that you can have a certain voice in an uncertain time is when the circumstances would direct you to feel the exact opposite. And yet, you feel calm in your spirit. People oftentimes will say, how do I know this is from the Lord? Or how do I know if this is just my own inclination? Well, here's how you can know if what you're feeling is opposite from how the flesh normally reacts in the time of stress you don't feel stress in a time of heartache you don't feel heartache in a storm you feel peace you can know that's from the lord that's not your own inclination because that's not how the flesh responds you're responding different maybe you've just gotten word of some health crisis. Maybe you've just gotten word of some family crisis. Maybe you've just gotten word of of some difficulty on your job and you're laid off and you wonder whether or not you're going to get your job back. But there's a peace, there's a comfort, there's a... You you don't even know how to explain it to your spouse. you just like, I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know when God's going to do it. I just know God's got it. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's a certain voice in uncertain times. It's a god that says we're going to the other side hallelujah and he's saying peace be still he's saying don't worry don't live in fear don't live your whole life looking over your shoulder you can look up and say god's got it god's gonna keep us god's gonna protect us god's gonna help us get to the other side god is with us hallelujah it's the opposite of what your flesh would like to do that's how you can know it's from the lord so the lord speaks to us before the storm and it's to prepare us and he speaks to us during the storm and it's to give us peace but then there's the voice that comes after the storm and the voice that comes after the storm is the voice to position us for the promises of God to position us the one before is to prepare the one during is to give you peace and then After the storm, it's to position. After the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? This is the Lord now speaking to his disciples. After the storm's over, after the waves have laid down, he turns to his disciples and says, Why were you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Why did the Lord admonish his disciples after the storm? Why did he speak this voice? This voice of admonishment. He spoke that way because he was positioning them for the promises of God. They would have to learn from it. They had to know that there were going to be storms that would come. But don't lose your faith. You got more than just this storm on the Sea of Galilee to face. And so he's positioning them for their future. Don't lose your faith. He was positioning them. That's what any loving, good Parent would do. Our world has turned this into a negative thing, and and they they talk about it in a negative sense whenever your parent tries to warn you, and you're like, I gotta experience it for myself, then you go through it, and then afterwards the parent says, I told you so. We've talked about that now in terms of it being a negative. I told you so. I told you so is not a negative in a spiritual context. It is to reinforce the lesson. Not for the purpose of gloating, but for the purpose of learning. So you don't repeat the same mistake again. This is what I was trying to say. This is what I was saying. This is now you're experiencing it. And we, we make that a negative in our culture that, that someone is just gloating, and, and I know you were right. You don't have to remind me of no, 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 you're missing the principle. The principle is I'm reminding you of what the original word is so that you don't make this mistake again. That's what the Lord is saying. I'm wanting to remind you. There is a voice that comes after the storm to remind you so that when you face another storm, you won't have to suffer the same consequence. Jesus rebuked them to position them for the future. He had told them that they were going to the other side. So after the storm, he reminds them that he had told them to position them for the future. The only way in closing that I know how to illustrate this principle to you is to just tell you about a personal example, one that I don't know I've ever shared publicly. But when I was a a young minister, many many years ago, <laughs> more years ago now than I, I care to think about. I, I went through a particular time in my life that I would say was a storm, it was a tough time. And in the, in the, in the midst of the storm, I had a, an older gentleman uh, who was in a position of authority tell me that my ministry was over and that I would never preach again. And he went so far as to say he would see to it that I was finished and I was just a young man, and I felt so bad. I remember going home and and crying and praying, and I'm not sure where the crying stopped and the praying started or if they just all sort of intermingled together. You know how that works sometimes. But I started thinking about what I was going to do with my life because this elder had told me that that my ministry was over. So I started thinking about what I would need to do to perhaps find something else to do with my life. And I remember where I was standing. I remember that I was at the foot of my bed and I was putting clothes in my suitcase. The suitcase was open and it was on uh, my bed and I was putting things in the suitcase. I was preparing for a trip uh, to go to Virginia with my parents where I had uh, been invited to uh, meet with uh, Jay Sekulow who uh, at that time was associated with uh, the law school that I had been invited to go up to. And uh, he was the, the the founder of American Center for Law and Justice. He worked with uh, religious uh, civil law liberties and constitutional law. And he, he actually, he's actually one of the attorneys for the president now. But at that time, he was very connected to this law school. And so he was meeting with all the new recruits. And I hadn't been invited to go up there and be a part of that. And so I thought, well, maybe I would uh, go up and, and uh, meet him and go to law school in Virginia and and my parents were going with me and so it was it was a critical time uh, in my life and I remember uh, loading up my suitcase and thinking about um, what this this other uh, man had told me about how I was I was all done when it came to ministry and so it seemed like that door was shutting and this other door of, of going into Uh, The study of law was opening up. And I can remember as, as I was just standing there and I was putting things in my suitcase, I can remember a certain voice that came in an uncertain time. And the Lord just simply spoke to my heart and said, who called you to preach? And I just said, you did, Lord. And the Lord said, then I'm the one that will tell you when it's over. that was it. And I stood there and I remember contemplating that. And as I thought about it, the Lord allowed me to just get a greater understanding. And it goes back to what we read about earlier about how we have to live our life to please God, not to please man. And the Lord was saying, if I'm the one that called you to preach, then I'm the one who will tell you. When it's not time to preach. It's not man that will do it. Because it's not man that gave it to you. And boy I tell you. I felt that strongly. And I went on up to Virginia with my parents. And met with Jay Sekolo And went through all the processes of, of, uh, of getting um, registered there. At that, that law school in Virginia. But the whole time I was there. I couldn't get away from this voice. God was saying I'm in charge and as we drove back home I said to my parents I shared with them that story and I said Virginia is not the place for me to be I'm going back to Palm Bay I ended up going to law school in Orlando where I could just commute at night and stay here with the church and now looking back hindsight has a way of giving you a much better vision I can see how indeed that was a certain voice in an uncertain time. I share that with you tonight in closing simply to say this. I don't know what voice, I don't know what message the enemy has tried to speak into your life. He may have used a person that you admire to speak something into your life that's very troubling. But I have come to tell you tonight That that voice is a lie. That voice is a lie. God will have the final say. And God is not done with you yet. God is not finished yet. What he has promised you, he will bring it to fruition. The word that he has put in your heart has not dissipated over time in terms of its truthfulness and God's will for your life and my life. And I say to you tonight, even as he did with Peter, and even as he did with David, he prepared, he gave them peace in the midst of the storm, and then he positioned them after the storm for what was coming and the promises of God that would be upon their life. And ladies and gentlemen, I feel like right now, this is the word that God would have for us. That he would tell us in no uncertain terms that he's going to bring us through the storm. And he's going to position us for a mighty outpouring of the spirit of God he's going to give you peace and he's going to give you direction and he's going to position you for the throne the voice has been the same all along and it came to you through the word of God it's to prepare you it's to give you peace and it is to position you I wonder right now wherever you're at would you stand up on your feet evangelist Dylan Morgan is going to come and he's going to begin to pray the prayer of faith but I wonder before he comes if you would stand up right now, and if you would lift up your hands and lift up in your voice and say, God, I receive your word, I receive the word of God into my life, and I hold true to the promises that you have given me, even though I'm in a storm, God. You've given me peace, you've given me reassurance, and you're gonna position me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I claim your word, I take it right now, Lord. And I hold on to it. And I know, God, that you're going to have the final say. You're going to make everything come about as you have put in our spirit all of these years ago. By the power of the name of Jesus. That's it. Lift up your voice and pray. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your voice wherever you are. And begin to say, God, I hold on to your word. Nothing can shake me from the word of God.
1: Why don't we all lift our hands wherever we're at right now, wherever, if you're in your home wherever you're getting this source of media right now and I think we would all just need to continue to pray together as Brother Myers has already led us before we go to the next step Lord right now I pray God that they would begin to remember some words that you have spoken to them Lord or speak to them that fresh word right now God wherever they are at Lord Lord I pray that there would be a word of peace God that they would remember and hold on to God or give them that rhema as the man of God has already spoken Lord let them hold fast unto the word right now Jesus Uh, let them remember that word that is the peace in the middle of the storm Lord for the grass will wither the flower it's going to fade Lord but your word it is something that never moves and it never shakes and it's always abounding it has weathered every storm it has withstood everything throughout time Lord so we stand together on the true foundation the foundation that is you and you alone God for you are your word Jesus Lord let us hold fast god let us take hold right now jesus wherever we are at whatever we are going through let the word of God let it be our comfort let the word of god let it be our direction god let it be that light that david talked about god that'll guide us through the path of nighttime lord that'll keep us in the valley low lord and lord when we get to that mountain lord let us hold fast unto the word on the mountaintops that it would be our positioning and our guidance god we ask it in the Name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, uh, I believe that there are two things that are going to come to us today. I believe the first thing that we're going to get is if you need peace, it's going to come into your home right now. And if you're beyond that place of the storm, and maybe you're at your home and and you feel like I've gone beyond the storm and you need to be positioned for work and uh, positioned for the things of God, I believe that God is going to give that to you today also. So wherever you're at, I think you need know you need to personally assess right now where am I do I need the peace in my life right now or do I need the positioning in my life right now I think we need to lift our hands and we need to personally assess ourselves Lord search me Lord look through me what do I need in this moment you know what you've been going through you know what you have gone through so right now wherever we're at we need to begin to ask ourselves Lord I need the peace or Lord I need to be positioned I feel that there are some that need the peace of the Holy Ghost to come into your room right now, to come into your home right now, wherever you're at, Lord. I speak the peace of the Holy Ghost to begin to flow. I speak peace into their homes. I speak peace into their life, God. Let them hold fast unto that word, Jesus. Let the peace of the Holy Ghost, let it begin to flow to where they're at, God. Let it begin to flow to wherever they are, God. Lord, if they're in their living rooms and they're watching this, I pray. I pray that the peace of God would flow. If they're in the room and they're watching this on their phone, God, I pray that the peace of the Holy Ghost, uh, it would begin to flow. Jesus, uh, I rebuke fear. I rebuke it by the authority of the name of Jesus. uh, The spirit of fear that is trying to grip us. The spirit of fear that is trying to grip our nation. I rebuke it by the authority of the name of Jesus. Uh, Let the peace of the Holy Ghost, uh, let it fall into their houses. Uh, Let it fall into their cars let it fall wherever they're receiving this media right now god if they're in the middle of the storm if fear has been trying to get a hold of them i speak peace in the name of jesus i speak peace in the name of jesus just as jesus stood and spoke god i pray that after the word of god that just was spoken by pastor myers that now lord i pay peace be still let the peace of the Holy Ghost flow in Jesus name in Jesus name now wherever you're at if you know that you feel like you've gone through the storm and you've been asking God what's my next move how do I be effective how do I go forward from here I pray now that we would get that word of positioning that God would begin to direct you from that word of the Lord that we just heard Lord right now if we're through the storm and maybe we're hearing this and we've been asking ourselves what's my next move? How can I be effective? What can I do? I pray God that you would give a word of direction, a word of positioning to flow right now, God, to the young man that's asking, how can I be effective in my church? To the lady that's asking, how can I be effective in this season of uncertainty? I pray right now, God, Lord, that you would speak that word of positioning, God, let the word position us now, position us for the harvest that you have called us to. Position us for the harvest that you are leading us to. Position us on how to be effective in our neighborhoods. Position us on how to win our families. Position us on what we need to do and how we need to do it, God. Give us that word of direction. Give us that word of positioning. Tell us how to get there, Lord. Tell us what we need to do right now, God. Position us for the harvest. Position us for the work. Position us for the kingdom, Lord, for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, if you're watching this tonight, And you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. And if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, which is the only way that Scripture teaches us to be baptized, I challenge you to get a hold of somebody here at East Wind. I challenge you to call the church. I challenge you to do whatever you can do because we must be born again of water and of spirit. That's what the Word says, what we just preached about and what we just talked about about. So if you're watching this and maybe you're driving down the road and you just stumbled scrolling through Facebook or maybe you're at home and you were just trying to find something to do with your time but you grabbed a hold of this media and maybe it's beginning to work on your heart and maybe you begin to feel softened by the word and maybe you begin to ask yourself, what do I need to do? How do I need to get there? How how do I need to get involved? How do I apply this word? I challenge you in the name of Jesus. uh, I challenge you to call somebody. I challenge you to go to Eastwind, uh, their website or their Facebook, and find our phone number. Call us, and we're going to pray with you right now that you would receive the Holy Ghost, but if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, the waters are always stirred, and they're always ready, and we challenge you. It's the only way to enter into the covenant, to be baptized in Jesus' name, to lift your hands, to repent of your sins, and to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So wherever you're at right now, we're about to pray the prayer of faith, and when we do I want you to lift your hands toward heaven And I want you to begin to worship God He said I will inhabit Where the praises of my people are That means he will come and dwell So if you want him to come and dwell on the inside of you After we say in Jesus name Would you lift your hands And would you just begin to worship him And as you begin to worship him He's going to fill you with his spirit Right in your home Lord, right now I pray that by the authority of the word of God And by the power of the name Name of Jesus. Would you fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now? In Jesus' name. Come on, would you lift your hands and could we just begin to worship God together? Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Lord, show them that they're incomplete without being baptized in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Lord, let them see that in the Word, God. Lord, let them get connected tonight, Jesus, to the true source. And that source is God, you are that well of living water that never runs dry. You're where we get that drink where we'll never thirst again. You're where we get that bread where we'll never hunger again. Oh, God, Lord, let us connect to you like we never have before. Come on, let's all just begin to lift our hands. If you're a part of the Eastwind family and you're watching this in your home right now, God wants to give you peace and God wants to position you. And if you're here and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, tonight is the night come on let's lift our hands and as this video continues for the next few moments without anybody telling you what to do could you make an altar in your home could you make an altar in your life could you make an altar right now and could we just begin to entertain the presence of God Lord we magnify you Lord we worship you Lord we adore you Lord we need your spirit more than we have ever needed it God the fear that's in our world everything that's going on in our world God we gotta hear your Voice. Uh, we got to trust your word, oh God. If we don't have you, Lord, we don't have anything. Uh, that old song said, Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Uh, Lord, you can take everything, but we got to have you right now. Come on, let's just worship him. Uh, let's just magnify him wherever we're at right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.